you just sit there with your hands folded in your lap. Sit on, <laughs> sit on your hands. Don't bolt. All right, everybody. Happy Friday. Yes, we are a little tardy today, but that is because of scheduling conflicts. And we just roll with the punches like that. So, But we're live now, and we will be on YouTube later. Uh, you are tuned into This Pink Cloud, and it is Season 2, Episode 40. Wow. Listen to that. Listen to the applause, wow. dude. I can I hear mean, people cheering out yeah. there. But uh, anyway, we're kind of, uh, I, I just, I had this, uh, this epiphany in the shower today. I was like, we're kind of like the Wayne's world of recovery. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with that. But uh, I am DJ Kelly Reverb sitting next to me with no headphones today. So he's, he doesn't really count because he doesn't have headphones. Yeah, I can't hear anything that's going on. <laughs> but this is Dylan Kingston, and he is with Skate Straight and uh, E-Dub Skate Co. Who else, who else do you rep? Um, I, uh, I mean, Yourself. Red Up Skateboards. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here as a, an advocate for recovery, so let's do this. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hey, and then sitting across from me... Um, you know, I heard about this organization. I mean, I've, I've uh, you know, I, I studied to become an RSPS, and people were naming resources, and somebody said, oh, yeah, blah, 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 the Meta Nehemiah. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I had a flashback to, uh, like, the, uh, uh, what is that, Men on Film in, in Living Color, and I was like, oh, my goodness, the Men of Nehemiah coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, well, no, maybe it's the Men of Nehemiah. It. And it's That's like a it. death metal band. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, y'all, I mean, obviously it's not. It's a, it's a pathway to recovery, uh, and we'll get into that and talk all about it and, uh, you know, hopefully shed some light on it. But, uh, you know, with me in the studio are two... Men of Nehemiah. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> this is Rand Carlson, and this is Ty Choice. What's happening, y'all? How y'all doing? And uh, Rand, congrats on the, uh, I got to put this out there, on the uh, engagement, dude. Thank you. Yeah, Thank she you. has actually been on the show, yep. so you want to give a shout out to your lovely hey, wife. Hey, Megan, how you doing? <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> hey, so but basically what we do is we just kind of figure out like a, a little bit of your backstory, tell, you know, share what you want to share. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll get to the part, uh, you know, the good part where y'all meet up with the men of Nehemiah and save lives and do the Lord's work, oh, yeah. <laughs> you it, know, but it. Hey, Rand, why don't you, uh, start us off and just, uh, are you timing yourself? You no, like? no, my phone's blowing <laughs> up. So, um, uh, that was probably a text from Megan. <laughs> no, actually, I love you, was, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my name's Rand. I, um, I, uh, I, I went to high school in Cattle Mills. Okay. I grew up, grew up in a. Where's North, Cattle Mills? Cattle Mills is East Texas, exactly. east, of, east of Rockwell, exactly. a small little town. Okay. Um, grew up in a in a good family. You mm. know, I didn't know my real dad, um, but I had a stepdad that raised me um, as his own man. He was always there, very supportive, good family. Uh, we moved around a lot, so I lived overseas. I lived in Amsterdam. I lived in uh, Mexico City, Virginia. Kind of moved around a lot. Um, and then when, you know, I kind of got into my teenage years, um, 
my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of gave me an out to kind of start rebelling. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents were kind of split up. And so that kind of that that family unit was broken up. And so I started smoking weed, Mm. you know, started going to parties. Yeah. And people like a lot of people don't think that that's a big deal, which, you know, some people can navigate it successfully. Yeah. But, you know, we had uh, Quincy Carter. I can name drop now. We had Quincy Carter, a former Dallas Cowboys quarterback on last week. (laughs) And he was talking he was talking about how how simple it was, like how it just started with weed. And it it truly was a gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 So I came from like this real sheltered childhood, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, had to get good grades, you know, we, we ate at the table together. Um, and so, you know, when that wasn't there anymore, it was all of a sudden, well, now I can go do what all my friends are doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so started partying, started smoking weed, um, drinking a lot. And then I ended up dropping out of high school, Mm. um, dropped out, got my GD. Then I moved to Seattle. I was like, I'm out of Texas. Oh, I love Went Seattle. To Seattle. Seattle's great, man. Yeah. I love Seattle. Well, that's that's when I really started going hard. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, uh, yeah. I was. I I, I uh, actually invented a game while I, when I was there last time. I was there like two months ago DJing, and uh, I I invented a game called <laughs> called Homeless or Healthy. Because <laughs> it's like, is that guy homeless or is he healthy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you never can tell. Crazy. But I love yeah. Seattle. They're anyway, weird. yeah. So Seattle was. Uh, that's when I started to really get into trouble. Mm. You know, I didn't have any family up there. I was just kind of, I, I moved up there with a friend uh, that I knew from Texas. He moved up there, mm. just went up there, hung out with him. I was supposed to just stay the summer, but I ended up just staying. And um, man, so so weed and, and alcohol started turning into cocaine and ecstasy, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, stayed up there for about eight years, man. And that's when I started kind of getting into trouble with the law, going okay. to jail. Uh, in and out of jail for, you know, little things like uh, possession charges and stuff like that. Nothing sure. major. Right. Um, but, yeah, I kind of was just, like, living this, this like, fake life, you know. I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Um, right. You know, I started selling drugs. Mm. You know, I wanted good to be, I wanted to be a, a, a drug yeah. dealer. Right. You know? <laughs> I um, love that. But, but it's funny because, like, the, you know, a lot of the uh, – the videos and, and content out there kind of glorify that, uh, right. you know, right. like right. fucking yeah. big stacks and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I wanted so. to be one of those guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the problem was is I was smoking up all my products. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You know, but I stayed out there for a while. I, I met a girl, moved in with her. Uh, we had a kid. And so then, you know, I told myself it's time to kind of straighten up, mm-hmm. you know, um, move back to Texas, started okay. working down here. Um, I was working, you know, kitchen jobs, working as a cook and stuff, mm-hmm. um, brought my family down here. Um, but I just couldn't, I couldn't stop, you yeah. know, I couldn't stop using, um, I didn't think I was an addict at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I was just doing what everybody else was doing. Uh, yeah. And that's the funny thing about addiction mm-hmm. is that not many of us, uh, actually right. realize oh, how bad it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and w- I don't know. I always had this thought when I was in active use, well, everybody gets high, everybody. And then when I got out of active use, I realized, oh, maybe they don't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Not not everybody drinks all day long and smokes. uh, Well, everybody I knew. Yeah. Yeah. True. Did. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, working in in kitchens, not all kitchens, but the kitchens I was working in, you know, it was just normal. You'd, you'd work your shift, you'd do some lines and 
you know, you go in the walk-in cooler and drink some beers and, yeah. you know, it's kind of that <laughs> lifestyle. So right. I'd, I'd come home to my newborn child and, you know, my kid's mom and I'd just be trash. Yeah, I was like, know. dad's faded. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I thought you were at work. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just became real distant, you know, I uh-huh. became real distant, you know, when I wasn't working, I, did, I just, I just wanted to drink. I just wanted mm. to get high. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she had enough of that. She left. Um, and then that's when I started messing with pills Mm. and, um, you know, that was progressive and eventually I found myself doing heroin, you know, Mm. so what started as weed, you know, kind of over time, just Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. Now you got to keep on up in that game, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, now I'm, now people are looking for me at work. Yeah. And I'm in the bathroom, bathroom. for a couple hours. You <laughs> know, just yeah, trying to, right. Trying just, to get right. Just nodded out. Yeah. Just out there, you yeah. know. And um so the jobs, you know, I used I used to be able to maintain a job and get high. Oh yeah. You know? Uh when when heroin came into my life, that was the end of that. Quickly becomes just the quickly. Opposite. It was yeah. quick, you know. Yeah. Uh and so uh, you know, I finally my family convinced me that I needed to get some help. Mm. Uh, so reluctantly, I went to the men in Nehemiah the first time. Right. Well, um, I love how you say reluctantly because yeah. it's just, it's the yeah. same thing for me. It's either it's either forced sobriety yeah. or reluctantly. Yeah. I've never heard anybody go, "Yes, I want to go to rehab." <laughs> dude, you know. Yeah. But uh, Dylan Dylan can relate with you for sure because he's an H strain fan. Yeah. So and opioid Definitely. totally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, 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 been there. So done he gets that, it. All that. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so I get to the men of Nehemiah and I show up and it's a culture shock, you know, it's, oh yeah, and, and we'll get into what we do there. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I got there and you know, I wasn't, um, I didn't believe in God, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't believe in any kind of higher power or anything like that. So I get to a place like the men of Nehemiah, which is faith-based, mm-hmm. uh, rehabilitation. And I'm, I'm like, this is a cult, you know, like where, where am I at right now? And so um, I started negotiating with myself. I started saying, looking at everybody else, right, and and being like, man, I'm not, I'm not that kind of addict. You know, I'm not like these people. Sure. So I convinced myself to leave. I was there about three days. Okay. Um, left the program, and within two weeks, uh, you know, before I left the program, I I, I said, you know, I, I, this was a you know reality check. You know, I'm not going to use no more. This is what I needed. This is a reality <laughs> Right. Check. This three days, this is man. It. That's, and enough, I know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. all I need. I, I checked in. Yeah. yeah right. And so, um, you know, that night I was getting high again. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm surprised it took that, that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was out there again. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was within two weeks I got caught with a decent amount of, of heroin and meth. Okay. Uh, traveling. Through Rockwall, you okay. know, just trying to. Uh, just I hear Rock, Rockwall is pretty hardcore oh, too yeah. out yeah, there, they dude. Play. They want to, they yeah, throw they, the book at you. They, 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 want, they, want, to, they want to, they want to incarcerate <laughs> you for a long time. Oh, they wanted yeah. to do that for sure. And yeah. so, um, you know, it, I was, I was middlemaning. You know, I was trying to get a little off the top just so I could get high. Yeah. Right. Um, and I ended up getting busted with it. And so they, you know, I sat in Rockwall County Jail for long time you know, of of trying to fight it and eventually they gave me six years deferred probation mm. and i was like that's my ticket right, right. I'm, I'm out and uh got out kept on doing what i was doing and yeah. then this time i got busted you know a couple weeks later i got busted in dallas for the same thing uh and this time they weren't playing with me so they sent me to tdc 
Mm. I was there for a we couple of years. We have heard you have been to TDC, yeah, been there, correct? All it's that. a fine establishment. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> very nice. Great. Good food. Good quality. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, I went to prison for a couple of years for a position. Um, got out. You know, I was when I was in prison, towards the end, when, when parole was kind of like an option, I remember calling my family and, and just convincing them. Because I, I had convinced myself, you know, like, I'm done. You yeah. know, like, I'm done. I'm going to get out. And I'm going to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that that's it. That was your second rock bottom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. Before my third. Well, when you're in a, Before your third when you're in a, when you're in a place like that, it's very easy to convince yourself that, sure. like, I'll yeah. know, you know that place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, it's, oh, it's bad. And prison was was a lonely, lonely place. You know? Yeah. It was like, um, for me, it wasn't like you see on the TV, you know, like what you see. And and people in my family don't go to prison, so it was same. You know, it was it was definitely. I, I feel like I know what goes on. I watch uh, behind uh, Beyond Scared Straight, so yeah. I, I feel like I know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like like you saying it's lonely. Like you can't. I mean, no one in there is their real self. You no. know what I'm saying? Like you have to yeah. understand that going into it, is that none of those people are your friends or anything like that. So mm-hmm. like you're very. Like they're trying to get your your com yeah. card, dude. Yeah, your commissary yeah. card, yeah. right? And, and you know, I, I'm an introvert anyway. So being in a room with 60 people, 24 seven, no matter Tough. what, like that was, I, you know, that was hard. Um, so you know, I convinced my family, like parole's coming up. You know, I'm gonna do right. Got out. Uh, as soon as I got out, you know, I paroled to my mom's house. I did the right thing. You know, I, I was doing good with parole. Um, I got the job. You know, I got an overnight job at a warehouse. Um, got me a car, saved up my money, got me a car. And then it was like, I forgot, you know, I forgot that I was an addict. I wasn't working any program. I wasn't doing any, that wasn't even in my mind. You know, I thought I could do it myself. You know, I could control this thing. And, um, you know, I ended up getting on Facebook and just reaching out just one day randomly on lunch break. I just reached out to my old plug, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember the, would you like to shout out to your old, no, (laughs) I remember the the conflict inside of me, like when I was sending that message, you know, like I knew I shouldn't have reached out to him. And it was like I was going back and forth, uh, you know, and I finally did. And, and, and there I was again. Now I'm same scenario, back at work, in the car, shooting up, getting right. high. Yeah. I like OK. And I, I, I like how you put that. Um, but I mean, I, I always like to point out the obvious right there. Hey, you're not working any kind of program. That's it. You're not putting anything into yeah. your sobriety. That's it. So how do you expect to nurture that and right. stay sober? I mean, yeah, there are people that can go out there and, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I'll shut it down. But I, <laughs> I'm going to look around the room and say, these four guys not are, not, they yeah. are not those yeah. people. Well, and people don't understand, like, when, like, like you said, you forget, like, when I tell people that, like, I was in prison for X amount of months, years, whatever, and then as soon as I got home, I forgot what prison was like, yeah. they don't understand, they're like, oh my God, that was like the most traumatic thing that right. happened to you, how do you forget that? And it's like, well, you get out here in the real world and things start happening and you forget, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, like, I, I convinced myself that I was normal. Yeah, you know, like I at this point, I hadn't really been exposed to the twelve steps. I hadn't been exposed to um, a higher power kind of deal. You know, I had a, um, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of God. You know, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. Oh and yeah, I kinda, I tried the to whole, convince. dude. A lot of people struggle with admitting they're powerless. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that 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 first step. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so I used to try to convince people. You know, there's no God. You know, you're brainwashed. This and that. But, <laughs> right. You know, here I am. I'm the one sticking needles in my arm. Yeah. Uh, so, right. uh, you know, so I'm at work. Uh, 
well, my mom ends up finding, you know, uh, a syringe in the house and she calls me while I'm at work. So, um, you know, I get put out. And so my idea is, you know, I got some money. I'm going to go stay with, uh, with my plug, you know, I'm going to just go crash on his couch. And the problem with that is, is the money runs out yeah. and when the quick, money runs quick. out, you know, they don't, they don't let you stay on the couch no more. So, uh, ended up wrecking my car, you know, yeah. dope sick, wrecking my car. So now I couldn't get to work anymore. Hey Dylan, you've done that before. <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple times. Right. Yeah. So wrecked Thank my God car. for Narcan, right? Yeah. And so now I'm, now I'm wandering the streets in Pleasant Grove looking crazy. I'm, I'm. Shout I'm, out to Pleasant Grove. Yeah. I've been, <laughs> the the Grove. Favorite, favorite the place Grove. in the What's world. Uh, I'm out of my mind. I haven't been asleep. Uh, yeah. I haven't been asleep for, I don't know how long, you know, um, spun out. Thinking everyone's trying to kill me. Shadow people? Yeah, shadow people. Oh, I saw really them. They were real. They were for <laughs> real. Yeah, they were real. They're sure. There. Um, anyway, so I'm walking down the street. I don't I don't even think I had shoes on. Just looking crazy. And um, I reached out to my uncle. And my uncle picked me up. And he took me back to the men of Nehemiah. Mm. Oh, that's forth. cool. Day one. Day <laughs> one yeah. started over. Nice. Yes. Hey, real yes. quick, uh, uh, before I know, uh, you know, I, I, we're going to we're going to get to Ty's story. But real quick, I've got sponsors for the show. I almost forgot about them. Obviously, we can't. Uh, that is summersky.us. That is www.summersky.us. Uh, and that is 888-857-8857. Once again, that is 888-857-8857. Um, and they are a place actually out in Stephenville, Texas. It's a rehab center where actually I got sober. And, uh, you know, they support right. the show, and I got, uh, like, 14 months there, dude. Right. I'm almost right. to that dangerous 18-month where I think – that dangerous 18-month where I think I got it, dude. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, re- that's, that's real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so you so you meet up with the men of Nehemiah, and, it look, and I guess is that the time it took? Well, so or? I get to the men of Nehemiah, yeah. and I guess that that I got that right ass whooping. Yeah, I've been clean ever since. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. Well, so okay, so that's like three attempts, right? At right. least, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so, and then uh, do you mind uh, sharing your clean time or? Yeah. I mean, so it, uh, December twenty eighth, seventeen. Wow, okay. dude. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you, yeah. man. Killing it. Coming up on four. Coming up on four. Killing it. Killing well, it. Well, your partner in crime or in recovery. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ty Choice over here. What's you're also you're also with the men of Nehemiah. And I am, I am. And I can already tell you, you, you said you were from New York, so there's got to yeah. be a good story coming up. Well, yeah, man. <laughs> well, yeah, my name's Ty uh, Grew up in New York City, Queenswood Haven, New York. Uh, moved down to Texas in the seventh grade. To my mom, I was joining gangs. My mom was going to try to get me uh, away from the negative environment. Yeah. So she moved me to this place called Pleasant Grove. Um, great establishment. <laughs> Shout did out. She, right. Did she do yeah, like was... a? Did she do like a coming to America thing? And, you and, know, and, like how yeah. how he did. We're going to, to Queens. Pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> so she just. Goes, no, We're actually, my grandparents Grove. lived here in Texas. Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought. Growing up, I thought that Texas was like like standoff and tumbleweeds and yeah, right. cowboy horses. Hats and stuff I did like not that. ride a horse to school. I promise. Right, and so coming here, I was a little upset about it, leaving my friends and sure. my neighborhood. And so I got here; it was uh, pretty cool, you know. I mean, I was like, okay, this is not as country as I thought, you know. Uh, Pleasant Grove is wasn't as pleasant as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, I learned something even at a young age. And, you know, when I look back at my journey, you know, I learned that you take you with you. Uh-huh. Right. And so a lot of the behavior, it actually started when I was very, very young. I, uh, my father got a life sentence. Um, I'm 44 years old. My father got a life sentence um, when I was three years old oh, wow. behind dope, behind drugs. And he didn't have the opportunity. They didn't have uh, a lot of people promoting recovery back then. They oh, just right. they just gave guys life sentence. You get caught with some dope. How about 99 years for you? Yeah. And uh, being a black man in in the South back then with a drug problem, that was the system solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just long-term incarceration, right? Right. So then I began to wonder my identity. My mom is white. My dad's black. Mm. Um, growing up in a all-white home, my identity was always questioned. You know, like, who am I? I'm the black sheep of the family, literally. <laughs> right, you know I mean? right, right. And uh, so I built resentment towards my father. You know, I knew him from letters. Yeah. Um, he would send me little, you know, little handkerchiefs with Winnie the Pooh drawn on it. Uh, you know? A little, little or <laughs> you know how you know how they do in prison. Jailhouse origami yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, and I just began to put those in shoe boxes and build uh-huh. this resentment. You know, oh, wow. I don't really want to deal with this cat. You know, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So as I got older, man, kind of the same story. I, you know, I started skateboarding. Skateboarding early, early on, kind of helped me. Uh, not, I, I kind of joined a different clique of kids uh-huh. in Dallas, and I think that it it uh, gave me a little bit of understanding of the, it's okay to be different. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in that, right, it exposed me to a large, diverse circle of friends. Yeah. Right. And so started out real quickly, seventh, eighth grade. I started smoking pot. Didn't think anything of it. You know, everyone does it, right? Yeah. And uh, then, you know, drinking kind of started happening around that same time. And, uh, and man, I, got, I just got off track. Just mm-hmm. got off track. And uh, schoolwork started being, you know, started getting, I stopped, really stopped going to school, really. You right. Know? But I was somehow able to graduate high school and, um, and then I just decided that I was going to be a professional drug dealer, man. I was like, this is the, <laughs> nice. this is like, like you know, it. like, I mean, Willie and Sal. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm really going to do well. This has got a great retirement plan, you know, this. <laughs> right. Well, it didn't. And great benefits. Yeah, they great have health insurance. They have, all the girls like him, you know. Yeah, and they right. have ping pong tables at the federal penitentiary. No right. worries. You're, you're golden. <laughs> Good time. So I'm going to sell drugs. And uh, like, like my friend, like my brother here shared, man, I, you know, I was using more than I was selling and um, started getting in trouble, started going to jail early, 18 years old. I'm in and out of jail um, from 18 to 20. I probably went to jail 10 times, you know, just yeah. for small stuff. Mm-hmm. But as my disease progressed, right, as the addiction progressed, uh, you know, hanging out with certain cliques, they would say, hey, Ty, you know, we're selling this, we're selling that. You need to stay up late. So I was introduced to, you know, Coke and mm-hmm. And, and 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 just those kind of uppers, you know, small light, you know, I'm doing a couple lines here and there. I didn't think I was that bad. Uh, but eventually it turned into uh, you now you're doing too much uppers, so you need something to slow down. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So now, now I, I call that I call that Elvis syndrome. Right. So yeah. this is the big. <laughs> this is the mid '90s. Uh, the syrup craze is real high. Oh yeah. Everybody's drinking syrup, and so <laughs> you know we want to be lo- like everybody, you know I'm a rap artist. Everybody so out there syrup. double cupping it. Yeah, I'm syrup. <laughs> uh, you know, so now I didn't know that this is 
this is like a liquid heroin. And oh, so yeah, I'm yeah, drinking yeah. it daily, drinking it daily. We're, we're driving down to Houston, coming back, you know, kicking it in Austin, doing all this stuff. I'm I'm in a, a local hip hop group in Dallas. So I think I, you know, I'm friends with Erica Badu, friends with all these people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I feel like a rock star, you know. Yeah. And you then, know Rob Free? Yeah, I do. Rob Free's Rob my homeboy. Rob Free's great, man. Yeah, I good, love that guy. Good friend of mine. Shout out. Shout out. So, uh, Grew up with all those guys and and the you know deep Ellum scene and all of a sudden man um one day the syrup it was a drought and I found myself sick I was like man what's wrong with me I feel sick You're like, Shit. so my friend was telling me like Ty that's uh you, you know you're 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 withdrawing and I know by the way you're dope yeah. sick yeah dope sick. I didn't like that I was like no that's crazy that's not me so make a long story short man I uh, ended up being introduced to heroin mm. uh, and then once I started doing heroin it was kind of like for me. All bets were off now. Oh, like yeah. any kind of level of like, you don't do that. I had give. I was done there with were that. No, the, like moral, whatever, the, yeah, moral the moral compass just like, got put in the drawer. Yeah, like there's no more level. There's no <laughs> yeah. more bar. Like there's no more uh, what I won't do. And so, man, I just dove straight in. I mean, I went from just doing a little bit of doing syrup and a couple of lines to like smoking crack and and shooting heroin. Mm. Yeah, and thus comes the drama. Like. Mm. Boom, rehab, rehab. I've been to Turtle Creek three times. I've been to Homeward Bound five times. I've been to jail 31 times. I've been to prison three times. I've been to state jail twice. And this was a 10-year process of almost death. Wow. And yeah. I just could not, I could not, my family couldn't have me in their home like that. I, I ended up, I was living like a wild animal. I was mm -hmm. sleeping outside abandoned buildings. I was unrecognizable, about 80 pounds, talking to myself in and out of uh, psychiatric places, Green Oaks, all these different places. And everyone was like, you know, pointing towards addiction. And I was thinking, you know, if I just had my dad or if I just had, you know, the right job or the right girl or whatever, it was the right outward circumstance, it would mm -hmm. change me. And it just didn't work, man. And um, so on October the 10th of October the 8th of 2010, man, I was sleeping in a dumpster in Pleasant Grove and uh sleeping behind it, man, and I had a little couch, and, um, you know, I had needle marks down my neck, my lips were burnt, um, it's like two in the morning, kind of a cool day, kind of like today, and I just looked up into the sky, and I said, um, God, if you're real, I don't even know if I'm doing this right, I don't know, but, uh, I need you, I need you to help me, I, I would rather go back to prison than live like this, um, I felt more free in prison. Mm -hmm. And uh, something happened. I, it's hard for me to explain. I always well, I, lo I love what you said because, like, we've all done it, um, that that foxhole prayer. I like yeah. to call it, dude, you know, that that, that Hail Mary or wh whatever whatever you want to title that prayer. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, I, I call it an internal surrender. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You know, and uh, I'm going to steal that now. A broken, it's <laughs> like when you've reached all your thinking has been stripped from you. And there is no solution but to go inward, mm -hmm. right? There's no, there's nothing that's going to fix this. And so I just kind of internally surrendered. And I can hear it when I'm in meetings. I can hear people that have had that experience. It makes my hair, it makes me, it, it captivates me. Yeah. And I can almost tell the journey that they're going to experience, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, so that uh, that happened. The next morning I heard some guys talking, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Uh, and I come from around this dumpster 
and there were these guys dressed in these army uniforms, right? And they were picking up trash. And I was like, what Did the you f- tell them to get off your lawn? No, I thought they were <laughs> I thought I was I thought they were police officers. Oh, okay, yeah. Or like, you know, up north they have that guardian angels, if you know. Uh, yeah, so I course. thought it was like, what is this? You yeah, know, National Guard or yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what are y'all doing? You know, and they were like, Hey man, they were kind of startled too. They were like, Yo, we're just some men that are trusting that God will take deliver us from addiction and you know, we're out here doing some service work. And I just like kind of smiled, and a tear went down my face, and I said, "Well, that's me." <laughs> and hey, I, by the way, I called you guys yeah. last yesterday on I the got, couch. Yeah, I got in the van that day, man, and my life has never been the same since. And I always share that huh? because I didn't come to Nehemiah; mm. they came to you. Yeah, yeah that's killer. And man. that's I why that. I, 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 my passion is outreach. I'm the outreach coordinator because I go out on the streets, I go under bridges. Oh yeah. I try, I try to reach the people that don't have phones. That don't have internet services, that have sold everything they have, that are feeling like that there's no hope. Those are the people that I'm drawn to yeah. because that was me, right? You're trying to find that guy that on guy. the ca- on the couch behind the dumpster. dumpster, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, um, it's been an amazing journey, guys. You know, uh, I love, I love to be raw. Nehemiah gave me some tools, but most importantly, it introduced me to the twelve step process, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought going to like, you know, I've got there, you know, Nehemiah. This is Jesus stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I've tried this before, you know. My mom took me to church. Yeah, I smoked in the parking lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically, I don't know if this Jesus thing is going to work for me. But I was so broken, that's right. and I'm willing to try anything, yeah. anything that's not my decision, right? Right. And so we get there about a week into it. They're like, get in the van. I'm like, what are we doing? They're like, we're going, to, we're going to a meeting. And I was like, well, that's odd. I thought this was Jesus. And so the guy that runs the place, he's a recovering addict out of New Orleans, man. And mm-hmm. uh, What's he, his name? His name is Louis Sorrell. Sorrell. Colonel Lewis. Colonel Lewis. Colonel Shout Lewis. out to Colonel Lewis, man. He's a, that sounds like an 80s rapper, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, <laughs> he's a very anointed man that, is, yeah, is. that has uh, there's like a father figure to uh-huh. both of us. Uh, yeah. you know, um, I, I, I was at Nehemiah when it was just one apartment. And five guys, and it's turned into a a, a major. We 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 can we we provide services for over seventy men. Uh, right now, we have about forty men in our program, mm-hmm. and this happens, you know, three times twice a year. Right. Well, do you want to do you want to throw? Hey, Brett, do you want to throw to that video real quick? Sure. So the yeah, so yeah you'll get a so chance to look at it. A, check it out. Get a little. Uh, it's like three minutes or something. Yeah, you said yeah. like that. So day in the life. Yeah, this kind of tells you what uh, a little bit more in depth about what's going on at the Men of Nehemiah. Got it, Brett. The Men of Nehemiah. It is a structured faith-based ministry where men can come and allow the power of God to change their lives. This is a place where guys that are on their last leg, sometimes multiple, bouts in jail, homeless, just years of substance abuse. Nehemiah is a place where you can come and get love. We know you because we've been down that road. We know that our place in life is to serve people that are going through what we've been through. Peer influence, in most cases, is how men get into addiction. We can use that same negative thing that got people into addiction. We can use the influence to get men out. Man, we get to say what's cool. And if we can stand up as men and say, hey, man, serving God, getting clean, man, doing something, being with your kids, leading your family, we get to say what's cool. 
we get to see the fruit in their lives. We get to see the zest. We get to see them serving. We set ourselves up with Bread of Hope. The Bread of Hope is the men of Nehemiah's outreach on. It's a homeless worship service, hot breakfast. And someone will come here for Bread of Hope breakfast or for the ministry. And he'll, he hadn't seen his friend in three, four months. And he sees his friend up there with a group of 40 guys singing and praising. He's like, and that encourages him to come in. If you have 50 or 100 guys and they're just on the same note and they're praising God, singing, singing, man, there's such a power. So when you see that progression, you know that God is blessing. Seeing a guy beat up just on his last leg and then a number of months pass and you get to see me, you get to see meat come back on his bones. You get to see him start to believe in himself again, start to believe in God. I love that. I love that. God wants to get the glory. He wants to get his shine on. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I love that, man. I, yeah. That was great production value, yeah, by yeah. the way. I need to step up my game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I was like, I, I know that bridge. Right, right. <laughs> I saw that. But yeah. man, that's so kick ass that y'all do that. And it's actually like just outreach and you actually, you know, come, you know, to, to the front line, so right. to speak. Yeah, man. Right. Well, I mean, so uh, do you want to talk about like, I mean, uh, so you were touching on what, mm -hmm. uh, what they've, um, you know, grown to. So yeah, where they yeah. started. Okay. When did they start? When did the men on EMI start? Uh, 2010. About? Here in Dallas. Here in okay. Dallas. So it originally started in New Orleans. Okay. So our founder, Lewis, his dad actually started the men of Nehemiah in New Orleans for him. Um, for him. Okay, so now is it oh, is it all spread out all over the U.S. or mm. is it just localized regional? Or No, what? So, so when, and I don't know the exact story, but I believe when Lewis moved to... Uh, from after Hurricane Katrina, uh -huh. he uh, Lewis and his family moved to Texas, okay. and that's when he started. You know, there's a whole story behind it, but yeah. He so basi basically, this is how it is. So uh -huh. Lewis' father was a colonel in the military uh -huh. and a pastor, uh -huh. and so and Lewis was the mess up. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. you got that. Yeah. You got that much structure in a home. You're being raised in a home with a he's a pastor's a, kid, a, a, a Pentecostal yeah. pastor. Who is also a military colonel? Yeah, you can imagine the rules that were in that house, rebellion. you know, and uh, and so he jumped into rebelliousness in college, and yeah. and um, he started, you know, same story, drinking, and then it turned into drugs, which turned into hardcore drugs, which turned into jail, prison, homelessness, and his father started the men of Nehemiah in hopes that his son could get it together, mm -hmm. and so that's cool, Lewis was in the program in New Orleans, and uh, here comes the running the program, and here comes this crazy storm, right? And it devastates the city. So him and his wife of long term, they moved to Weatherford, Texas. He mm -hmm. likes to say that. Yeah. He said, Weatherford. I was a brother in Weatherford, Texas. There was the about three woman. three of us in a 500-mile radius. <laughs> but, it, was, it was like where you could play <laughs> you could play count the black people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> and so he tells that story, man, and, he's, and uh, his wife, 20, 25 years, uh -huh. who was his rock, who was there when he would relapse and go to prison. Mm -hmm. She was the solid person. In a, she, they moved here, started building a life. He got himself clean. And then all of a sudden, within a flash of an eye, man, she had an aneurysm and she died. She oh, wow. And uh, his whole world was devastated. And he knew 
he told me, he said, Ty, I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't normal. And I knew that I was going to, if I didn't do this, that I was going to die. I couldn't work a regular nine to five. And, and so uh, he sold his truck and met a few men uh, that do ministry. And they gave him, a, rented him a little, had a little room in this building. And they gave him a couple apartments and said, if you want to start ministry, do it. Mm. And so that's when I came along. Okay. I came along in that era. It was he would be speaking these grandiose things. Lewis would be like, Ty, one day we're gonna sing in front of thousands of people, and we're gonna <laughs> and God's gonna bring people from all over. And I was like, dude, we're about to sing in a grocery store. Like, you know what I mean? But he right, just yeah. believed. Well, yeah, he, believed. he was right. He, we, he, we have something. And we have him. now, man. The ministry has grown to uh, you know, a, a level that I never would have dreamed. Well, uh, so, yeah, how how many people, like, okay, how, how often do y'all meet? Like, give, give me some details, and then how many, you know, how large is the congregation? Right. How long, how big is the graduate, or the yeah. alumni class, all that good stuff? So, at currently, I mean, um, we've, have, we've had up to 50, 55 guys in the program at, at one time, right? Okay. And we're going, and within a few months, we'll be back at that number. Obviously, COVID has caused some of our numbers to go down. Mm -hmm. But we have yeah. grown from one guy, mm -hmm. one staff member, or one guy, because he really wasn't, yeah. I only want to call yeah, Lewis one guy's, staff. Yeah, one guy's one, vision. Yeah, yeah, one guy to, An idea. to like one what? Apartment. One, one apartment, apartment to a whole, whole apartment com complex. complex with, you know, 15 staff members, uh, yeah, we're, we're, licensed counselors, uh, you know, uh, LPCs. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to get into because it's not just it's not just uh, guys in fatigues no. yelling Jesus no, no, stuff no, no, at no. you. So there's a whole part to the yeah. – a back yeah. end and built out so for the our, organization. So our program is built on, on three different departments. We've okay. got biblical, clinical, and military. Okay. And so biblical, obviously, spiritual um, leadership, you know, discipleship, uh, clinical. They, we have a full uh, counseling staff, professional counselors. So they get, um, you know, they get to address some of those issues um, as to why they do the things they do, you Absolutely. know. And then yeah. we have the military component, which is to Hoorah. instill... Dis <laughs> discipline and leadership so you can go back to your family and be a leader you know, i know i know i know a ton of people that could use that aspect well let me tell you their something recovery for check sure. this out most people when you hear you know and I, it's funny to hear guys share this all the time mm -hmm. like when they hear uh military discipline the people, yeah. the people, exactly put that's the a, brakes on it oh, yeah. whoa 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 i just want to stop smoking <laughs> hey, dope hey, man hey, i don't hey, mean bro. to be marching through south dallas I don't need to be doing but boot camp it yeah. actually is one of the, like you said, it's it's a great tool. It's mm -hmm. a great tool. Yeah. It teaches you how to focus, not respond to my feelings. Mm -hmm. Follow instruction. Sure. Right? Yeah. Be guided by somebody. I, li yeah. I like that part, the follow instruction. Yeah, we're yes. used to doing yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whenever right. we want to do it on impulse. And right. So nine months of uh, Sarge. Yes, yes, yes. It was a, uh, <laughs> it was definitely a, 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 it's an, it's a great, it's a process. And like I said, I'm not, I'm a, let me, let me just give a shout out to all the places that I've been to in Dallas. They were great places, mm -hmm. you know. I 24 had, hour Turtle great, Creek, great, I love mm -hmm. them. Great places. Yeah. I think that all places are good places. I just don't know if I was in the right place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And so, I, I, you know, Men of Nehemiah is the place that maybe I was at the right place, you know, and, and so um, that's the place that worked for me, right? Absolutely. And so I'm not... Saying these other places don't work because I have great friends that are that are alumni from the Twenty Four Hour Club and from uh, Turtle Creek and Homeward Bound. These are great places, and uh, and I think that what the work they do is amazing. 
And uh, I, I believe that any place that says, hey, if you're if you're suffering from addiction and we got the services for you to get better, then I believe those are great places to right. have. Yeah. It just for me, I had to be so broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I had because I thought I was uh, halfway like smart or something. <laughs> and so, you know, I, uh, one of the statements well, that I like to quote is it says they say that addiction has been around since the beginning of mankind. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. So if that's true, what makes me think my 1977 s- slick self is going to outsmart a disease that has been around for thousands and thousands? Yeah, of years, it's you know? it's in it's in our nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I get it, man. Yeah. Did I, you have any questions or well, anything? I mean, I, I just am. I think it's a, like an awesome thing. Right. But like so <clears throat> when you guys you guys because you said. Previously, you're a big 12-step guy. So, mm-hmm. like, when, when they come into this program, obviously, everyone's not going to be in the same. So, there's, like, a progression of, like, mm-hmm. you guys have, like, uh, like Bible study and right. and mm-hmm. all of those things that they go. So, there's yeah, three. is there, like, a hierarchy? And then, like, is there, like, a military we're, ranking? Yeah. yeah, so we're, yeah. So, uh, so we're captains. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Captain. So yeah, you come in. You're you're a um, you know you're Good you're dad. private. You work your way up. Okay. Um, and, and you know the higher rank you get, the the more responsibility you have in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's three phases to the program. So the program is a nine month program. Mm-hmm. Each phase is about three months. the The first three months is kind of like a blackout period. You're not really moving around. You're just kind of in class. And throughout the day, I mean, the day starts at five a.m. They're up. You know, mm-hmm. they're up there, they're, they're reading their devotionals, they're coming together as, as a household, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're doing their chores, right. uh, and then they do PT, you know, mm-hmm. physical training, mm. uh, marching, mm. you know, and then, and then their day gets started. They have yeah, I love that. And, so you're yeah. like kind of basically giving them some structure. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like to say it like this. So there's, we have phase one, phase two, and phase three. Mm-hmm. So phase one is stabilization. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Phase three, phase two is... Um, you know, information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then phase three is application. Yeah. Okay. So phase one, you're just basically getting your footing. Phase two, you're starting to get a sponsor. You're starting working steps. You're going, you're, you're making meetings. You're working, working with a mentor. You have uh, different support networks that are coming down to pour into you, biblical uh, 12-step recovery processes. And then phase three, the guys are starting to go, uh, to go get a job. They can start and working. And so now they're going. Phone. It's when this guy steps in and mm-hmm. works with them and helps them that transition piece. We also have a sober living house that's connected to us so they can stay an additional three months yeah. okay. after they graduate to save money and mm-hmm. uh we we were strong. We strongly recommend that our guys. It's not you don't go through the program and just say, okay, guys, I'm that was good. I Peace, graduated. Ho- I'm done. We mm-hmm. want to we want to yeah. get them connected to a community of community. people in recovery. Yeah, fellowship. And, and that's that's a lot of what I say. A you know we're like the show is all about multiple pathways. So right. whatever right. works right. for mm-hmm. you. But then also, I mean, I always always talk about community. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have any kind of community, and, and and that's what I love about addicts is we're all like, oh, I get it, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So I mean, and being building that community, um, you know, it, it it lets you know you're not alone, and then you know that you uh, you can actually you know lean on somebody else, right? Right. Absolutely, and, and that's and what that's, I love. That's key, man. And yeah. so. You know, Nehemiah is really good with that. We're a family ministry, mm-hmm. family ministry. Mm-hmm. We're, we believe in restoring men 
back to their families. Putting them back in their proper place at their homes. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that when there's men in the community, the community changes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm talking about men that are focused on positive things. Sure. Yeah. You know, and 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 unfortunately for me, I didn't have a father, so the streets were my were my. I, I was I was influenced by. The older homies, uh, you know, like, hey, we're going to do this. I was kind of like the blind leading the blind, you know, mm -hmm. misinformed information. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself doing what other people were doing that wasn't going nowhere. Yeah. And so now being a, a restored man of God, right, I, I like he said in the video, I, I can determine what I feel is cool in the community you know mm -hmm. and i still rock my swag we have fun you know we have that's a good what, thing that's what i was gonna say man yeah. i've seen some videos uh hey but real quick i want to hit our sponsor uh that is summersky.us that is www.summersky.us and that is 888-857-8857 uh they are a lovely place out in stephenville texas uh reach out it's uh patsy and Hikisha actually will be answering the phones out there great ladies and uh that's where i got sober worked yeah. for me so far so awesome. far so good awesome. so right. boom so far, so yeah. uh but so i was i was doing some research because as a responsible host I have to do a little right. research. Right. I looked, uh, or I think I may have stalked you on your Facebook page, uh -huh. but I, I see it's like it's like this gospel choir, uh -huh. yeah. and you two gentlemen are rapping on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So, yo, uh, yeah, like I had... When I got to Nehemiah, it was a bunch of old guys. Oh, they didn't right. like, they didn't and they like were like, they, they were, were listening. All, they were like, listening. Nah. Yeah, no, they, they were, were all listening. like doing like church old church I was, was going to oh, say, Oh, Lord, the praise of God. A little, and I was, a little swing. I hated that. And I was like, yo, man, if I got to listen to nine months of this, I'm going to be dead, man. <laughs> right. And so I, I told our founder, I was like, hey, Lewis, listen, man, I'm a hip hop artist. Uh, you know, I, I got a little something. I want to do something to like maybe make it more uh, lively, you know, and he mm -hmm. looked at me and he's like, do whatever you think, man. And so it was a trick for me because I thought the Bible was boring. Yeah, you know, sure. that was boring. Every time I open it up, I get tired, you know, and sometimes I still wrestle with that. But uh, at the end of the day, like I started reading, mm -hmm. studying and building relationship with God on my own, you know, and in that process, my intention was that I would have more content to rap better. Mm. Right. And so it was a trick. So I started writing, reading to to be a better rapper. And then all of a sudden I started to fall in love with the, with God's word. Mm -hmm. And it started to become real to me. Right. And it was first time that it wasn't just something I finally started having a personal relationship with God and not a pass down one. Mm -hmm. Because I was raised where my I like how you put that because a lot of a lot of religion right, is passed down. passed down. I right. mean, sure. oh, okay, well, I was born Baptist, so well, then, I'm Baptist. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. basically yeah. you know my mom told me if you get baptized, we'll get you some toys that came at Toys R Us, and so that <laughs> yeah, that was enough hey, motivation yeah. for me. Yeah, I was going to Sunday school on Sundays so that we could go to CC's afterwards. There you that's go. You know and so <laughs> I didn't have it was passed down, and sure, in this process, you know, God started to really speak to me uh -huh. and it made it real and and then uh, like i said lewis is very uh colorful when mm. he teaches he mm -hmm. teaches in a way that hardcore addicts can really you relate can understand to understand it and he's really gifted at that and he taught me and so start doing this rap music thing uh, well, uh real quick uh, before y'all get to the good stuff i, I want to tell like okay so like because you were just talking about him talking and i was like i want to go see him so where can where can we go by the way to see Lewis? Yeah, or so, to see you guys in action okay, or so to we get have involved a, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a worship service, uh -huh. and it's, awesome. it's live. It's off the chain. It's, uh -huh. it's every Sunday morning okay, at 8 a.m., right. and so if you come to our main main building, it's 2010 Al Lipscomb Way, okay. Dallas, Texas. All right. Right next door to it, there's a little church. 
and that's that's where that's, that's where, where it goes. That's yeah. where it goes and down. The, and the awesome thing about this service uh-huh. is called Bread of Hope. Okay. And so we're definitely non-traditional. It's mm-hmm. not a here comes the pastor. He's going to preach. Right. It's not that. It's a it's a homeless worship service, mm. right? Okay. So we have, and the interesting thing is, you'll have everyone from anyone from Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. to the lady with a basket under the bridge, right? Yeah. Sure. On the same role, everybody serving and worshiping the same God, right? Yeah. And and it's really cool to see uh, 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 people uh, build relationships that you normally wouldn't build relationships with. Right. So it's not churchy. Oh, yeah. We hang out. We, we feed the homeless afterwards. Everybody's hanging out. Everybody's talking about where they're broken. And what time is that again? It's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. 8, 8, okay. 8 to 9. So I'm you gonna, can. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to uh, have to come out. Oh, you got it. If you yeah. come, it's an experience that that is very, very interesting. It, it yeah. will definitely change your, your perception. Yeah, yeah. you're like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let yeah. me go ahead and give out that. Uh, just in case y'all didn't get that information, you can also go to the men of Nehemiah.org. And Nehemiah is N E H E. M I A H dot org. I got that right, right? That's it. Uh, Facebook. I, go I'm to Facebook at, as I'm well. I'm looking at your shirt. Yeah. yeah. If you go to Menonium, I also let me uh, give out that number 214 uh, 421 um, All of that stuff, uh, social media, y'all are on uh, Instagram, yeah, Facebook, all, all, yeah. all that. All so that. if they want to reach out to you or donate, donate their time, sure. yes. anything good yes. like yes. that, yes. or if they're just interested in checking out the program. Yeah. They can do that. That's right. So now I think I've I think I've uh, built it up enough. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh, you know uh, I I hear you guys have skills and bit. I have seen uh, you know a little bit and this this is happening at eight a.m. on a Sunday morning, right? That's right. That the, the what I mean. Oh, he's got Ty's got to get ready. Got to get that. Got to get that. Got to get that throat silky. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what? I always wanted. You know, growing up, man, I thought that like you hear the term Christian hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just sounds Kinda corny, lame. cheesy, like less than quality mm-hmm. is like here. Uh, it's not really cool. Right. Uh, they don't have very many skills. Yeah. Uh, the beats are whack. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so I never wanted to be. I wanted to make music as just as innovative, as just as cool as anything else out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just have a positive message. And one thing I've learned doing it in churches and stuff, mm-hmm. especially in some of um, your Park City's Baptists and mm-hmm. Highland Park and mm-hmm. your First United Methodist and uh, right, right. some of these churches that we've been to that God has blessed us with, right? I'm not <laughs> messing. I'm just being real, right? When they when you go in there and you say, "Hey, I'm about to." Um, do some rap too. They kind of look at you like, whoa. whoa hold on. And, and and to be able to challenge different people's viewpoints and be like, hey, sure. I'm not, it's about the content of what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so listen to what I'm saying. And then I've had people come up to me and say, Ty, you know what? I never would have thought I would have liked that. Yeah. But what you said was, it was right on point. And I can see it being a ministry to reach younger people. Sure. Right? And so this cat, when he came into Nehemiah, you know, I was already. Uh, doing the music thing, and I seen him. You know, he was always kind of looking at me, and and he, and then one day he said something like, "Yo, man, I'll, I'll rap too." And I was like, "Yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, whatever one, yeah. But uh, he ended up okay, vanilla. He yes. ended up spitting, man, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Whoa, you know, well, hold on, you know, because uh, you know, there's some in the rap game. You can kind of tell levels and stuff like that." But uh, I was pretty, I was really impressed. I was mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, this guy's actually really good." and and I've been praying for that, man. I was mm-hmm. like, I need somebody to do this with me. I don't want to be like this only guy up here all the time. And and so God sent me a, a few a few guys, you know, yeah, and he's one of dudes. them. 
that uh you know we 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 try we we just create be creative with our gifts and at the same time the most important thing we try to honor god and uh mm-hmm. we try to be honest and transparent with our so in, nwa nehemiah with attitude that's it that's it <laughs> red go, go ahead spit some real quick <laughs> I could tell you about mercy and grace. I'm a witness to the power of faith. I was living in a miserable place. Every day, another fit to the face. Mama cried when they locked me away. Did time, then I came back out, no change. Back to the same old ways. Should have been dead, but God had a plan for the pain. Ball with the blood. Lay my life down and offer it up. Even if I gotta get right in the mud, where they fight for the drugs, with a mic in my hand, yelling, Christ is enough. What? Only he could fill that void. What? He the only one who could heal that boy. Yeah. I don't got much, but I'm way too blessed to let y'all steal my joy. Yeah, I don't gotta run from the insults. I wanna fight back that's impulse. I want to throw hands when they stab my back, but I can't because I'm purpose to win souls. Got a new team that I live for, so I press to the mark for the end goal. Yeah, count it all joy when they come against us. Break through and high step to the end zone. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. It was pain that motivated me. Mixed with some fear and codependency. Had to start changing all of my beliefs. Exposing the real transparency. Apparently things in my life are so twisted, demented. I had to go back and revisit. Had to go back and relive it. So I could experience his freedom. I'm truly forgiven. I made a decision. Woo! The old me is gone. The new me's alive. I'm never surprised when people start leaving. Because darkness and light cannot coincide. I swallow my pride. Yeah. Yeah. And I started asking for help. Help. Man, I was depleted. Man, I was depleted because I was so stuck in myself. Yeah. And it was bad for my health. Uh Uh-huh. So I just surrendered to God and he did the rest I know that I'm blessed cause now I'm defying the odds and people be thinking I'm not gonna make it it's actually Satan just trying to distract me I walk in the spirit I'm not yeah. trying to hear it connected yeah. to God you can never detach me I'm doing something different I don't need permission just my intuition yes I am a Christian but I'm not religion I will not conform to any wicked system cause that's really prison not in bondage I am paying homage to the one and only true and living God this is not a drill this is really real ain't no perpetrating on no fake facade why you acting hard but you really lying on the inside yeah you really crying on my inside all you see is lines I'll be repping Christ till the day I'm dying. While you're steady trying, I am redefining. There are different levels to the spirit realm. Get your breakthrough. He can't break you. Opposition, I ain't never fearing them. Choice. Choice. <laughs> hey. Hell yeah. I so we it. just wow. have fun, man. No, you and know? See, that's, that, is, that personifies a message I always say is that, you know, I mean, you know, oh, you can't have fun in recovery. Come on, man. Like, Come on, man. I used to think that. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Most people do think that. Right. What am I going like, to do if uh, I'm yeah, not getting hot? Yeah, exactly. Or how can like, you enjoy anything? Or if I give my life to God, I'm, gonna I'm just going to be boring. Be bar- yeah. God's <laughs> you know? not boring. Yeah, yeah. At least so, my, yeah, yeah my God is not boring. Oh, yeah. My God is real, personal, loving, Creative. caring, just super dope. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and so that's the key with what we try to instill with our guys. Like, mm-hmm. take all the information that you had mm-hmm. and just put it over there for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And let's let's just start scratch ground zero. Let's try to build something new. And let's try to see that we and then the awesome thing is you don't have to do this alone. Like sure. we can do this together. I've walked with this cat. Uh my clean date is six eleven. In 2012, All right? Mm-hmm. So okay. I've been clean a while, man. I've been yeah. clean a while. Uh, I'm grateful, you know. Yeah. Coming up on 10 years, I'm super grateful, man. But right. at the end of the day, my new addiction. Is watching guys like this. Yeah, shot, no, I you mean know, it's that service work. Man. It's all about the new man. It's yeah. all about who who else can be reached, right? Yeah. And I always say, if a two dollar and fifty cent crackhead like me can get it, mm-hmm. man, yeah. you're gonna shine, dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, we just pour into men. Uh, we believe in that if you were, if God redeemed and restores you mm-hmm. and gives you another chance at life, shouldn't you help someone else? Right. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. And, yeah. And so that's. The men in Nehemiah. It's about one right. man helping another. We're all broken people. We're all yeah. messed up. We yeah. mess up every day, man. But yeah. 
He messes uh, up more than me. He messes <laughs> up way more than I do. Uh, but, you know, it's a place where we can come and we yeah, can be yeah. transparent with yeah. one another with right. what we're going through, and that's that's huge. That's, no, that's huge I, lo- I love that. And now I want to give out that, that uh, website again. So that is menofnehemiah.org, yeah. and that is Nehemiah, N-E-H-E-M-I-A-H. Hey, speaking of that, so why why the book of Nehemiah? Sorry, Obviously, you answered this oh. the other day, and it was beautiful. Churchy. So all right, let's all right. Hear so it. the so Nehemiah is an Old Testament prophet in the Bible, right? Right. And his vision uh, for his community was he wanted so passionately for it to be restored. So what happens in the book of Nehemiah? The walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed, which was leaving them susceptible for all types of different attacks, yeah. right? And so Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king, which is a crazy job to have back mm. then. You had to taste to make sure it wasn't poison. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so cupbearers kind of rotated. But uh, Nehemiah was a man, a man of prayer, and he was faithful. And so he went to the king and said, look, man, I'm, I'm from Jerusalem. I, I really I want my people to be safe. And uh, I've, I've been in prayer, and I want to know if you would grant me permission to help restore the walls. And the king gave him permission. He went and he restored the walls. Now, as he was rebuilding the walls, he faced a lot of opposition. There was mm-hmm. naysayers. You think you're going to do that in a few days, dude? You're you little Jews. What are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. But, but you <laughs> know, but basically what he said, you oh, feeble man. Jews, right? So um, as but he was able to restore the walls within a, a short period of time. Obviously, God uh-huh. had given him a favor. And so what we believe at the men of Nehemiah is that we are rebuilding the spiritual walls in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we took that because I don't know if you know. I love that concept. Yeah, yeah our man, walls have been yeah. broken, man. You mm-hmm. know, if you've been through trauma, you've been through addiction, man, spiritually, sometimes you can just feel like you're empty. Mm-hmm. And so, and it leaves you to all different types of attack, whether it be addiction, whether it be crazy relationships, whether it be places that you go. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to rebuild in those spiritual walls it's, it's just as important as not using drugs, right? Mm, because yeah. now I need something more to stand on, and that's what Nehemiah does for us. It's what it did for me. That's what I know it did for this guy. Sure, right. It makes us become more interdependent, right? Mm. It's, you know, and, 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 and rebuilding the walls is the beginning process of becoming the man of God. I like to say this. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls in like 60-something days, mm-hmm. which was unheard of, right? Yeah. And 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 if in the Bible it talks about that they would work with a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other, right? But I like to say this: God doesn't use new bricks; mm. He uses He's broken, so dirty bricks, and He dusts them off, cleans them up, and puts them right back in their proper place in the wall. Yeah. And that's what we are, man. We're bro- we were broken bricks, man. That that people thought were trash. Right. And God Hell, said that's I- a valuable stone of mine, yeah. and I want to put that back in the wall. And I want to show you how good I can use broken Amen. bricks. I love and it. And so Nehemiah rebuilds the walls. Uh, we we help men become men of God. I like it. I like it. I like it. So Dylan, do you have any questions? No, I'm enamored by that. I know. Concept. I'm just I, like I, I'm. I, I'm blown away, yeah, dude. I, I, I did. I I dig what you guys got going on. The whole the community. The what you guys have done to put a different perspective right. on that. Is there is there ever going to be to the women of Nehemiah? Or is there an aspect to the men of Nehemiah that is the men of Nehemiah? Be careful. You know what? We have had had, um, Uh, 
you know, it's not going to be the women of Nehemiah, but uh-huh. we have had affiliated in the past where people have branched off and started their own ministry. Yeah, okay. And, and check this out, man. You know, like I said, man, we're we're a family ministry, right? So our so, so wives, gotcha. mothers, sisters are all welcome to join in the, with the process okay. in which we're 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 transforming their sons, their husbands, and so forth, right? And so in that process, we do have opportunities for the mothers to come down and speak with counselors. Okay, uh, yeah. they have family days. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's not, not just, just one dude, person getting better. Dudes, being, yeah. which, dudes yeah. being militant. Right, yeah, right. I we try it. to get the whole family yeah. involved. Uh, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I think I think that's a huge key to somebody succeeding in recovery is have their family involved yes. and well, and, and everybody's on the same page because if they're if if, if people I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Al-Anon as uh, well. Yeah, yes, but yes, if yes. people just, you know, go, oh, okay, well, that's Dylan's problem, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, Well, shit, if, yeah. if, if you're an addict like I am, your family suffered just as much. Yeah. What? You Come on. What I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. and I'm, I'm a believer that, yes, I say that foxhole prayer, right? I mm-hmm. did. I was behind the dumpster. I was broken. And I said, God, help me. You know, it wasn't very lengthy. It was just a very desperation prayer. Yeah. But I also know that my grandmother, man, my she mom, they were you. praying oh, for me yeah. years yeah. before I even sure. got to that oh, place. Yeah. And so if it had not been for them and their prayers and their cries to God, I don't know if I would still be here, man. Sure. So, I think one of the best gifts that I've gotten in recovery is when I talk to my grandmother on the phone, she says, I can sleep at night again. I don't have oh, to worry yeah. about you. You know, yeah, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Like, that's priceless. Bro. That's like real shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's so many nights where she slept with her keys and her wallet and all that shit under oh, her pillow so right. that I didn't take her car and all, right. all that shit. Yeah. All right. I definitely relate to that. Well, yeah. guys, dude, I, I really appreciate I mean, I can't believe the hour's already gone, dude. Yeah. Ooh. I can't believe the hour's already gone, dude. Really, really. But um, so anyway, once again, reach out to menofnehemiah.org. I want one of those shirts. I'm going to trade y'all uh, to this pink cloud shirts. And uh, if you, you can man. hook me up. I got you. We got you. All we right, got you, dude. Guys. I love it because I love that. Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, I love the whole yellow and white thing. I don't know. Maybe we can make you an know. honorary sergeant, too. You know? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I like gotta, that. You got to talk to Sarge I, first. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, yeah, I, lo- yeah, yeah, I love yeah. what y'all do, and I love that it's a fun thing, and I it love is. that it's a positive thing, it and is. I love that it's a recovery thing. It is. Um, so I want to thank you guys for uh, for coming out. And I always allow the guests to do Shout outs uh, towards the end of the show. So, right. well, you got anybody to well, shout listen, out? Well, listen, he shout out. I'm gonna if I don't say this now, I'm, oh, a, I'm in trouble. Okay. So, my fiance, her name is Natalie, hey, Natalie, and I love her very, very much. Well, shout out to Natalie. Uh, yeah, you were talking about her before the shows. Yeah, how, yeah, how better, special, you know, how special for like she was. 30 minutes, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, no, I always got to shout out like that. Shout out to uh, just shout out to all the people in my, in my home group, uh, okay. yeah. all my friends in recovery, man. I thank God for you guys. If it had not been for you, I don't know where I'd be today. I thank God for the men of Nehemiah. That's right. Thank God for you guys, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. keep putting the message of hope. That's right. Exper- yeah. You know, That's on, right. on on the waves, man, because people need to hear this. A lot of times I know uh, uh, family members who call in desperation because they just, they're trying to search for information. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, we at the men of Nehemiah are always open to those type of calls. I get them every day. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I know what it sounds like to have a desperate mom on the phone. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. Just, and so we're yeah. grateful for this. Op- I know I'm grateful for it because mm-hmm. this could reach people maybe that is not in our inner circle and That's whatnot. Right. right. And so, man, I thank you guys for having me. What's up, Rand? Uh, shout out Colonel Lewis, obviously. Colonel Lewis. And love you. Uh, shout out to my pastor, Daniel. Pastor Daniel. Uh, my fiance, one more time, Megan. Uh, mom, dad, love y'all. Thank you. 
Already. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming out. Hey, next week uh, we've got uh, Dirty Dan Nybrand coming oh, up. God, <laughs> he is. He is. A, he's a good dude. Uh, he has a group called uh, Knucklehead Recovery. Come on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's kind of like what I call recovery famous. It's yeah. like you know oh, nice. when you go to a meeting, like uh, oh hey, there's Dan. There's Dan. Trying to there's get Dan. There. Yeah, but he's there. And then also we got coming up uh, just booked. The current Miss Texas, so oh, I'm like whoa. we're all we're all over the place. We're getting big we're getting time, that. dude. Quincy Carter last week. That's awesome. Men in EMI and now, awesome. man. I love it. I love yeah. it. It's just happening. Let's dude. Get it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Trying to get up to a thousand. We're almost there. Yeah. Um, but if you just go to thispinkcloud.com, thispinkcloud.com, uh, we'll take you to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. I'm going to put down uh, clips and all that good stuff. But Brett, if he would be so kind as to play us out and. Uh, like I always say, everybody, uh, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take, take too, too many. many. Mm. <laughs> That's good. I know I would. <laughs> <laughs>